Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. Why don't you welcome your neighbor and say welcome to the month of February. And welcome to the month, first Sunday in the month of February. I mean, how awesome is that? I mean, God has indeed been faithful to us. And for that, we are grateful. You know, we thank God for life. You know, it is, we should always be thankful to God for life. God is indeed the one that keeps. You know, and I believe one thing that this coronavirus has taught a lot of us is that God is the giver of life. You know, there are people that, you know, going with same age, same situations, elders, some people not know underlying issues, and you hear that they passed away. You know, some other people, underlying issues, and you hear they survived, you know. At the end of the day, God is the one that gives life, and we are grateful to God that we are still standing. You know, and for those that have lost a loved one, I just want to encourage you that you should stay strong. The balm of Gilead himself will strengthen you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So today we are going to be talking about the mix. The mix. The mix. The mix. You know, I felt... So I was going to give you... I was going to name it what I was actually going to teach about. But I felt the Spirit of God say, you know, we are going to have like a series on this from time to time throughout this year 2021. So the mix basically is talking about two things, two virtues, maybe two attributes, two fruits, you know, that kind of thing that as believers we need to mix together. So what we are going to be talking about today for part one is word plus faith. Word plus faith. Word plus faith. So word is one, faith is one. We need to mix them. And I pray that the God of heaven himself will open our hearts to receive from him. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, you know what I've noticed is we come to church, we hear the word of God, we are blessed by the word of God. And for a lot of us, that is where it ends. The challenge for a lot of us is how do I use this word? How do I practicalize it in my life? So I know for, as a church, we try to make the word as simple and as practical for us. But one thing I've also realized is even without simple and practical the word, it's still a struggle for a lot of us to leave the church and actually go leave the word. You know, and the Spirit of God reminded me recently of a scripture that my dad used to say from time to time. And it's basically what we are going to be concentrating on today, then we'll move to other places. He says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, KJV. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, he says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So if I'm going to put it in another way, the way my dad says it, my dad will say, Father, let your word mix with faith in us and profit us. So say after me, Father, let your word mix with faith in me and profit me. Do you know what that means? If you hear the word alone and it's not mixed with faith, it won't profit you. There are people that have read thousands of books, but the books are residing just inside them. They've not been able to execute or use what they've learned from the books. There are people that have heard different sermons. You've heard the word of God. You've heard everything, faith, love, everything. But you've not even put anyone to practice. How will your life change? 
You listen to the word of God. And the word of God says, you know, you are going to be the first and not the last, the head and not the tail. You hear those things. Does it mix with faith in you? Or do you look at it as, oh, it's for Christians? Are you not a Christian? You know, a lot of times we forget that we are the ones that the Bible is talking about. Even at times when you are reading the Bible and it's, something is, you know, it's a scripture that is, God is using to show you a fault in your life. Guess what we do? We look at other people. When we are talking about works of the flesh, we are saying anger. You already remember somebody. This guy is always angry. That's so preach it. His anger must stop today. You even be looking at the person. He's not listening. You will tell your spouse. He's not listening. Jealousy. I don't know how you will know that somebody else is jealous of you. <laughs> you are already thinking of somebody in your head. Ah, that very jealous person. Very jealous. <laughs> you know, they come talk about the things that you are looking at other people. Why not yourself? Some of us even take it to the next level. When you hear the word of God about, oh, you can launch out, you can do this. You'll be thinking of other people, how other people should launch out and be driven by the word. But you yourself, are you driven? May God help us in the name of Jesus. The word of God will mix with faith in me and profit me. In the name of Jesus. You know, that's how you see some believers. I'm not joking. People that have been in Christ for years, 30 years. It still seems like their life is stagnant. They still seem to be circling in the same place. They are not able to make any form of progress. Why? They've not deployed the word. They've not, that word has not made with faith in them. The word is still seen as a separate oh, that they, 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 they can't relate with the word. So they're not even able to believe the word. Meanwhile, you see a young person that gives his life to Christ today. And in a week, the person is walking in the power of God. You know, that reminds me about, I don't know how many of us have come across these clips about um, the late Archbishop Benson in Daousa. I used to be, we used to be members of the church. I know the story very well, like the back of my, one of the things I heard very early about him. He was just a normal, he was a believer, a church member. One day the pastor was preaching and the pastor said, you know, that this church I follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That even the dead, they will lay their hands on them and they will rise up. He said he stood up after the message. He went to meet the pastor. Pastor! Did you mean that thing you said? Pastor said, yes. Say you mean I can pray for the dead and they will come back to life? Pastor said, yes. He said, pastor, have you done it before? Pastor said, no. He said, but can I do it? Pastor said, yes. He said, okay. <laughs> he took his Bible. Go watch it. It's on YouTube. He preached it. It's on... He took his Bible. Started going from house to house. Do you have any dead person here? Are you okay? No. God forbid bad thing. <laughs> Next door. Do you have any dead person here? No. He said he walked for hours. He finally got to a place. They say someone does that, they said, glory be to Jesus. So he entered the place with them, with the people. He looked at the child. If I get the irony of it, his wife was giving the story. She was in the place that day. It was a relative that died. So he came in and he said, looked at the child. He said, huh, child, in the name of Jesus, stand up. He said, nothing happened. He was looking at the child. Nothing happened. He said it three times. It seemed like nothing was happening. He now said he went to carry his Bible. <laughs> because he was a novice Christian. Like, so the one that they've done before, how did they do it? You know, I remember one, also the story of when Jesus was going to heal the girl and had to drive everybody out of the room. So he told all of them, please leave the room. Leave the room, leave the room, leave the room. Then he now followed the scripture. Now held the girl in his said, in the name of Jesus, I says, he called, he said, what's her name? Because Jesus asked for the name. He said, in the name of Jesus, this person, rise. And the child sneezed and came back to life. And he carried the child. And took the child to the parents. 
I need to follow what Jesus said. Go and feed the child. <laughs> the word mixed with faith. The word mixed with faith. See, this word in Christianity is not, there's no, I don't know if there's a people that there's not really no hierarchy per se. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not by hierarchy. I mean, so many people have been serving God, they've never raised the dead. Maybe they've never even been led to do that. So it's not by hierarchy. The things God can use your life to do, don't look at anybody's level. Oh. It's as much as you can believe. It's as much as you can believe. Some people hear the word and they hold it with so much. You need to believe God like a baby. You know how children believe things. How you tell a child now that, you know what, um, tomorrow, you can t- if you tell your child now that tomorrow, I'm going to take you to France. You know most of children will believe you. They don't know that it's even COVID. They don't know all the things that happen that you can't, you've not even bought tickets, what of visa, everything. They don't know that. They, what they hear is that daddy says it's taking me to France and it's taking me. But guess what happens to us? When we hear the word of God, we begin to analyze Mm, some people will even do their nose. You, mm, we begin to analyze that. Can this thing ever happen? They begin to look at the things that will make it um, um, you know, impossible. So by the time you finish analyzing, you just drop the word. It's not for me. The word you mix with faith in you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 33 verse 4, it says, for God's word is something to sing about. He <laughs> is true to his promises. His word can be trusted. And everything he does is reliable and right. Did you hear that? Did you see that uh, second part? It says his word can be trusted. His word can be trusted. I pray God will give you the grace to trust his word in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says in James 1.22 that be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. So yes, you come to church, you hear the word, you are excited about the word, but you do not do it. It will be a problem. We've said this year is the year of access. Do you believe it's the year of access for you? What steps are you going to take? The scriptures we prayed as a church, what are you doing about them? Are you working in line with them? Are you trusting God for them? Or are you figuring out how your plans will work? I'm not saying there's nothing, anything wrong in planning, but trust me. A lot of times the mistake we make is we try to fit God into our plans. But God is telling you that I am bigger than your plans. You cannot fit me into your plans. Yes, you can plan. But are you also listening to what God wants to do in your life? Are you also following God's direction? We are going to be looking at a few cases today. And I pray God will open our eyes to understand what we are saying this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you know, there was something I said last week before we ended the service about the things that we grew up hearing. You know, so growing up as a believer... I have, well, I've been in the church for a while. I had families, cousins, uncles that were d- different denominations. So I've been to denominations that don't believe in watching TV. There are some funny denominations that believe wealth, success is a trap. Like, if you get successful, that you will miss heaven. Why? They dwell on the scripture that says, you know, like, as they read my entry, the kingdom of God, like passing through the eye of the needle. So they're like, ah, like, if, so they, in their mind, you have to be poor as a Christian. The moment you begin to get a job and wear a tie, you are backsliding. There are denominations like that. You don't know. <laughs> you know? So there are different. I saw different things. A lot of things were put in our head. A lot of things were put in our head growing up. And you just believe them. I just think that is what it is. But where did you get the foundation from? Is it biblical? As Christians, we are made to believe that, yes, I know there are times where you have to struggle. 
But are you meant to struggle all your life? Should your life be like a roller coaster? Answer that question, please. Should your life be like a roller coaster? When God is saying, I will give you rest, is it rest in heaven? There's also rest on earth. So we have been made to believe that if your life is going good, next thing I'm waiting for is the next battle. <laughs> you know, but I stumbled on this scripture in another translation. And I'm like, wow. As a believer, if you can hold on to it and believe it. Your life will be a wonder. It's so simple. It's the first book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. So simple. But it's something that if you hold as a believer, I would give you another translation that I'm trying to use to explain what my point today. Psalms 1, verse 1 to 3. Let's first start with um, NLT. Yes. All the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. And they prosper in what? In some of the things they do. In a few things they do. In all they do. Now let's go to the Passion Translation and read it again. Let's open our minds. It says, what delights to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining, it, remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. This defines the righteous. It will be standing firm like a flourishing tree, planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. Listen, he is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Is this saying there won't be challenges? No, they will come, but you'll be standing strong. Do you know what a tree planted by the riverbank means? What does that mean? It means even when there is drought everywhere, because it's at the river bank, there is source of water. So what does it mean? Even when there is recession, when there is turmoil in the world, we are standing strong. Are you able to believe this word of God? The devil will come to you. Your life is going too well. Trouble is about to come. Get ready. Because you have to have up and downs in life. I know there are times when you want to move to the next level that there may be a a kind of obstacle, but guess what? God gives you the strength to push through. You don't even see them as obstacles again. As we get further in this teaching, you will get the full picture of this, what I'm saying this morning. We need to understand what the word of God says about us. There's a lot that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. What I see people doing is just taking a few things here and there and using them. Some people, the only thing they benefit from it, they'll just take salvation. That is it. They find them going back into the world and forgetting themselves and backsliding and living anyhow. They don't understand that you can draw that debt has covered your sin. So you can always be in God. Why must so I've seen people that because of a mistake they make and fall, they feel like, oh, I can't come back to God again. I failed God. If you are like that and you are listening to me this morning, please come back to God. The grace doesn't expire, it's available for you. Come back. Yes, you made a mistake, you messed up. God is still saying, I'm opening my hands, come to me. Jesus has paid the price for that error, for that sin. Come back to me. Hallelujah. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
A scripture in um, 2 Corinthians chapter, um, chapter 9, verse 8, AMPC, that's Amplified um, Classic. It says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, whatever the need, be self-sufficient, <laughs> possessing enough to require no aid or support. For many people that are still receiving childcare benefits, God will take you beyond that in Jesus' name. Receiving benefit for children's school. Some people are saying, God forbid. <laughs> you like free things. But you know what it takes for God to take you about that? It means that your income will increase. Eh? I pray we all get to the level where we don't require aid from anyone. We will be the one to dish out the aid to people. That is how we should think as children of God. So basically what it says is, you'll be, and whatever you the need be, the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So a lot of times when we say God will increase us, why is God increasing us? Because it's beyond us. There are lives that we need to touch. And God will give us the grace to key into what he's saying in this season in the name of Jesus. Now I'm going to quickly take you through a story that happened, something that happened with the children of Israel. We all know the story. When Moses sent the 12 spies, you know, to spy the promised land, they went in there, they did everything they were to do. You know, how many of you even knew that the place was so fruitful that the Bible says that the grapes there, to carry a, you know, the grapes, like the grapes come like in a pack, like in, what they call that, like branches, in bunches. To carry a bunch of grapes, they have to carry a stick across their hands. Two people. Are you getting Go read it. For them to carry the grapes there, they have to get a tree across their hands. That's how fruitful that land was. Very fruitful. But let's go to the story. So they went to the land. And because the story is very long, I'm cutting it short. They went to the land to spy. By the time they were done, 40 days. By the time they came back from spying, two of the people said, wow, it's a good land. We can take it. Our God is able to give it to us. The other 10 said, no, they are giants. This is it. The walls are big, everything. Now what happened? The ten now, the two, and Caleb himself now stood up and said, why are we saying this? That God said he's going to give us that land. He can deliver it to us. Then the remaining ten went within the people to start telling them, hmm, they will kill you, they will slaughter you if you get there. This will happen, that will happen. And the people started murmuring and planning to kill, to stone um, Caleb and Joshua. Now let's, let's go on, let me just read the story, the remaining part. Numbers 14, 5 to 11. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with new canony. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Go on. But the whole community began to talk, talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites in the tabernacle. At the tabernacle. Go on. And the Lord said to Moses, listen to what God said. Are, are you seeing that as believers, we need to be careful. I'll believe. 
Disobedience and not trusting God can, can be tantamount to contempt, treating God with contempt. He says, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I have done amongst them? Let's stop there. How long will these people, what was their error? But listen, the things we were looking at, those giants were real, right? They were there. The walls were actually big. But God was saying, why are you looking at the giants and comparing them to yourself? Why are you not looking at them and comparing them to me? So God was insulted by their murmuring. So listen to me. A lot of times when God is saying, take this step, and you refuse to take it, you are treating God with contempt. Now listen, we are going to go further into that story. I will bring some points out. But listen, and, Jesus, and God said, we didn't ever believe me even after all the miraculous signs I have done amongst them. If you are seated here or you are listening in your house and God has done miraculous things in your life, he has delivered you, he has helped you, he has done things that it is clear that only God could have done this, more is expected from you. Are you listening to me? So the more miraculous things God does in your life, the more the expectation of God from you. When I say the more the expectation, it means, so God has done miraculous things, one, two, three, four, five. By the time the sixth thing wants to happen, God is saying, take that step. He doesn't expect you to come back to be asking silly questions. He doesn't expect you to be stubborn. But for someone that, they, only, they are just seeing the first miraculous sign, God will see to them, it's like, it's like a growth system. It's like you are growing. So for someone that has never experienced the miraculous, God will pamper them and help them and maybe force them and push them to enter it. But for you that God has been there, You've seen the miraculous happen. You prayed, you had been trusting God for a job. Something happened, miraculously the job came. After that, I said, oh God, I need this. Miraculous things happen. And God is always showing up. You get to a big place, so they want to do promotion. There are 20 people, and God has told you, you'll be the one. And after the 20, they do it, and they scheme. And they say, okay, you know what? We are going to put, they put someone, maybe you are the top three, they put someone else's name. I'm like, God, but why? And God is saying, Relax. And by the next morning, you heard that that person had to resign. Something happened, and they put your name. Is that not miraculous? And then you have another challenge, and I say, oh God, I'm in trouble now. That's treating God with contempt. The more God has helped you, the more God has been dead for you, the higher your responsibility to be obedient. Look at what the statement there. We they never believe me even. So, God, you know, when God said, God made, made us in his image, we think like God. So, a lot of thoughts, think of the way we think sometimes. It's, this is what a man can, you know, you say, after all, I've helped this child. You're not coming to ask me, like, can I buy this for you? Oh, you know my worth. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is what, I mean, it's, it's very, very, very typical and very, very realistic. I mean, this statement is clear. It says, will they never believe me after all the miraculous signs I have done amongst them? You wanted to come to Canada, it looks like there was no way for PR. What miraculous, God did a PR for you. You came to Canada, you were like, everybody told that. Certainly in Canada takes a while. You get a good job, God gives you a house. And God is saying, this is your next step. Take this step. And you are saying, oh God, why did you even bring me to Canada? This problem is too much. But you know, this thing did not stop here. It went beyond here. We are going to the second part of it. Hallelujah. Do you know that immediately after this now, do you know what God said? God said for that, a journey that, see, I went to check the Bible. So different schools of thought spoke about where they were, the distance from where they were to the promised land. So the one I want to adopt, because it looks like the longest, 11 days. And God said for that thing they did, 
Before I did it. God said they should turn back and start going back towards the Red Sea. And that is where the story of their wandering started. And he said they are going to be there for 40 years. He said everybody that did this, they won't see the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. So guess what? They went on a job that should be 10 days stroll that God will have helped them to fight. But that is not all to this story. A lot of times, you know, this is where we end. Do you know there's still more? Let's go on. Let me open your eyes to see some more things. God will help us to mix faith with his word. When God speaks a word to you and says, this year is your year of this, it must mix with faith in you. Let people look at you and say, you're a madman. You go to work, everybody saying, this is a terrible year. Oh my God, this is bad. You say, this is my year of lifting. Imagine your colleagues are what they say, is this one mad? <laughs> this is my year of access. I'm going to get access. They are looking at you. What are you saying? You see everybody crashing. Everything is horrible. But you are saying, God has said the word. I believe it. The word will mix with faith in us in the name of Jesus. So quickly, we are now going to jump from, to verse, from 11 to verse 36. 36, we're going to quickly read 36 to 45. He says, then the 10 men Moses has sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report. What happened to them? Let's see. They were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. How many of you knew that? They were struck dead with a plague instantly. Let's continue. Of the 12 we had explored the land, only Caleb, Joshua and Caleb remained alive. For you to see the, the sin of disobedience, Hey, and the funny thing is you don't even know what you're committing. A lot of time we don't know. It's a terrible sin. Go on. When Moses reported the Lord's word to all the Israelites, the people were filled with grief. Now, this is one thing you need to learn. I'm going to bring something out of this story. Then they got up early the next morning and went to the top of the range of hills. Let's go, they said. We realized that we have sinned, but now we are ready to enter the land the Lord has promised. This sin! When God opens a door, <laughs> there's always a window of opportunity. If you don't move within the window, what happens to the children of Israel will happen to you. Let's go on. But Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. How many of you knew this part of the story? It will not work. So they wanted to go back. They realized that they messed up. They realized that, I'm told they have said within themselves, this God is really the one that parted the Red Sea. Who is giant? Who is a giant? In front of the man that parted the Red Sea, the man that brought manna from heaven, the one that turned the bitter sea uh, river to, to sweet, to turn it to be, to be sweet, the one that brought water out of the rock. Should I know, I'm, I'm just imagining I was, I, was, I was among the people. I'll probably have to say, maybe how we got it. My question would be how we got deliver us. I would like to see it. Maybe we'll bring the water from the Red Sea and transfer it to the Oak Town. When it drowns everybody there, you know, internal drowning. He will now flush them back to the Red Sea. And because that's what I've experienced, I may say that, I'll say, oh, maybe we'll send dinosaurs from heaven. He will do it, but I will do it. So they were looking at their own power, and it became a sin. But let's think about it really, really, really. A lot of us will have said, if I was in Israel at the time, I would be like Joshua and Caleb, keep quiet, you are lying. You'll have been like the people. Why? You'll have seen the giants. Are you not logical? Does it not make sense? These guys are giants. They will kill us, sons of Anak. They, will, they are powerful. The wall is so big. How do we even enter? How many are we? We don't even have weapons. 
Logical. Oh, I'm in Canada. This profession, I can't. Uh, uh. No, it's only top guys. That, people that have MBA that go for it. And God is saying, I want you to go there. What makes, if you go and do MBA and go for it, then it's normal. But God is saying, I want to show my glory through you. Go there. And you're saying, never. It's only people that have MBA that can do that job. Are you getting me? I'm trying to relate it to what the things we do. God is saying there's an opportunity, a government opportunity. They say, oh, people should submit bid for this. And God is saying, go and submit. You can do this. I'm like, ah, look at the things they're asking for. <laughs> I can never, do you know the company? There's a uh, the bag, there's this, there's this. You know, one day, I, I, there's a forum I follow. There's a forum, it's called Quora. So sometimes I read, there are things I actually read from there. It's very enlightening. So there's this, a time someone asked a question and said, what is the, what is the biggest, I said, what's the biggest deal you've closed? Or something funny. Like, what's the biggest deal you closed? And the guy said, oh, they had, um, I think a software company or something years back, 1990s or some very long ago, and that they got bids, and Microsoft also bid, and that he was the CEO, he wanted to sell his company. And when it was time to discuss money and all that, that I think it was the final stage that Bill Gates was among, Bill Gates came himself because he liked, he wanted to make sure they closed the deal. And at that time, it was already popular. We told him, we said, so he sat on his table, Bill Gates was among people that wanted to buy his company. I'm not, you know what, what came to my own mind at that time? Imagine the other two companies, the representatives of the companies that came to bid with Bill Gates. So let me give you what, do you understand what I'm saying? Imagine you, you see an opportunity and they say, okay, come and bid for this thing. For this job, you believe uh -uh, I can bid for the job. I am a computer programmer. And you go there that day, I see Mark Zuckerberg beside you. <laughs> Are you getting me? And he's seated beside you. Your liver will cut. A lot of people will just stand up and go, What am I with you? He says, Mark, God bless you. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? So in my mind, I'm like, Those that guy, the people that stand beside Bill Gates to bid, if I was one of them, I would just carry my phone. <laughs> How can they own Microsoft? Who am I? You know? So, so those kind of situations. So God is saying, go for this. But by the time you look at the, the requirement, you're like, I can never meet this. But God is saying, I am the one. Look at me. Don't look at the thing. Am I not the one that says you should go? I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. So we stop there. It says, do not go into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. Let's go on. Should they not have listened? Let's go on. When you face the Amalekites and the Canaanites in battle, you will be slaughtered. The Lord will abandon you because you have abandoned the Lord. Have you seen the window? This is happening in the space of days. So because they had more, may we not lose our chance in the name of Jesus. It happens to us a lot of times as Christians. God is saying, take this, take this, we are fighting, murmuring, murmuring. When you now say, okay, finally, maybe things, lights are not looking at the end of the tunnel. Things are not looking like, I cannot get it. You now go and you fail. You now say, oh, but God told me to go now. Why did God disappoint me? Did you go at the time God told you to go? God says, go and buy this house now. <laughs> at the time, God says, go and buy the house. The house is three fifteen thousand dollars You say, oh, God, we don't have anything. How do we go? How do we do this? How do we do this? By the time you now set, you want to be comfortable yourself first. By the time you are now ready, everything is okay. The house is already four fifty. You now go and try and say, God said we should buy. This is our house. You now go there to buy the house for 50 and you still lose. <laughs> because maybe they have only one model left and somebody else be dead 550. Even 100,000, I embarrass you. You now go back and say, God, but you promised us that. My friend, keep quiet. Did you take the step and God told you to take the step? So the Bible says, but the people differ differently 
divinely pushed ahead towards the hill country. Even though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lost Covenant left the camp, may we not go where God's presence isn't. Now, what happened to them? Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in those hills came down and attacked them and chased them back as far as Omar. Because <laughs> they opposed in the name of Jesus. Time. 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 A lot of times, as believers, there are some errors we make. Errors we make that affect our destinies. And it is tied to this word mixed with faith. I'm going to quickly read a few of them and then we'll just not take the final notes and then we'll round up. You need to be very careful of the following errors. The first one is walking in fear instead of faith. Walking in fear instead of faith. See, fear is the opposite of faith. You know what fear does for us? We want to be Guarantee that everything is okay before we take the step. Faith is, we are taking the step and we are trusting that God will help us. That's the difference. Do you get me? Faith is taking the step, trusting that God will help you. Okay. The second one is we need to be careful about disobedience to God. When God tells you a thing, I beg you in the name of Jesus, no matter how foolish, how it looks like this thing does not make sense, please do it. I know one thing I know about God. God does not want you to fail. Are you listening to me? God does not want you to fail. So God, a lot of times when he speaks to you and you are struggling, you are, maybe you are still, for some of you are like, how will I know if God is telling me? You will know. Because if God, God when God wants to give an instruction, he speaks out in language you understand. If his dreams he speaks to you through, you will have a dream. Guess what? Even after that, he may still send someone else to speak to you. So that you will be on fire that he did everything he could. Like you knew that this was me telling you to do this thing. Hmm. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Disobedience. The third one, be careful of crowd mentality. Imagine there were a few guys among the Israelites then that said, No. No, I believe in this God. I, I trust what Joshua and Caleb are saying makes sense. God is the one that delivered us from the Red Sea. He's able to deliver us from this land. He can give this land to us. He can give this land to us. Guess what will have happened? God will have included them. Do you know that? So the Bible will have told us that Joshua, Caleb, Ogolua, Tiwalayo were amongst the people and their children. Eh? I can't mention everybody's name. That would be that speciality. <laughs> you know, we're amongst the people that God preserved and were able to enter the promised land or that God did not kill. Do you understand what I'm saying? Crowd mentality. Everybody's saying, no, oh, this is this, this, this. the land of Canada is this. You are joining them, say the land of Canada is this. Let me give you something. One <laughs> I spoke to a friend two days ago and he shared an experience with me. And I laughed so much that, ah, I said, this is an example of what for plus faith. As we speak now, his wife is not still really talking to him. You wonder, like, ah, what can happen? I mean, I, I can't even intervene. Because me too, I shouldn't be talking to him. Do you know what happened? Three weeks ago, there was this talk that, was, that became, or two weeks, I don't know when, a few weeks back, this talk became very popular. And he felt like they should buy it. And he said, okay, let's buy it. And his wife said, this guy is wealthy, he has money, like, good money. He could, if, I'm telling you, he could put 10000 and forget it. He could put 20000 nothing. Guess what? He went to say he would buy fifty. He said he would buy fifty dollars worth of the shares. His wife said, "Danny, let's buy one thousand dollars." She was begging this guy. He refused. 
So he, he bought $50. He said, oh, you know me. This is my week. I don't know what happened to me. That I failed. <laughs> he bought the $50. By next morning, he sold the $2,200 in Canada. So I told him, my brother, if you had bought $1,000, you would have sold it for $4,000. He said, oh, go more, more. And in his life, he might never have the opportunity again. I mean, if I'm God, I will, I may even close, I will close a few doors. Yeah, mad, you are not normal. What's that? Thank God I'm not God. <laughs> Thank God I'm not God. If I'm God, God, as I love you, thank you so much for how you rule us. Imagine that. $50. God. Ah, I said, why did you not tell me? <laughs> because if you had just had faith and put 10,000, that's for 40,000. And you'd be saying that houses are moving in Canada. Hey, how we don't know? Isn't all this madness that is happening now? <laughs> you know, the first are moving to people's hands. You know, two different means. Uh, people will buy houses. We are not careful. They will soon start chasing people. Your house, they will come and chase you out. My friend, I will buy your house 800,000. Get out. That's where it's getting to now. Because I don't, anyway, let's move on to the message. I don't want to leave. But I'm saying, God will help us in the name of Jesus. Crowd mentality. Everybody says this thing is difficult. So you join them and say it is difficult. The fourth one, just two more to go. Shrinking your dreams to fit your reality. Ah, I see people that when they are coming to Canada, you know when people are coming to Canada, they have dreams. Ah, Canada has a way of making people shrink their dreams. Ah, I've seen dreams shrinking. People come to Canada and say, ah, when I get to Canada, I want to own a store like Walmart. I want to own a store like Walmart. Walmart size, like that will turn into a franchise. By the time they are telling me that they I'm like, awesome, awesome. When they come to Canada, they will not be like, my brother, let's start from like Payless. <laughs> even that Payless, they won't even do anything. They say, you know what, this Canada, there's a system. You're like, someone has to follow, you have to follow the system of this nation. <laughs> ah! Stop shaking your dreams to fit your reality. <laughs> then it's no longer a dream. All of us used to dream a lot before, but you've shrunk the dream so small. I have told God that I'm never shrinking my dream again in my life by the grace of God. In fact, where we are moving to next after this, if you know the dream I have, I haven't said it yet because if I started, people would not be cautioning my faith. So I'm saying, Pastor, calm down, calm down, calm down. But we will achieve it in the name of Jesus. Stop drink, shrinking your dream, dreams to fit your reality. You can't. So God is saying, take this step. You are looking at reality and say, okay, let me start with this small one. It doesn't work that way. God will help us in the name of Jesus. The final one, stop looking at giants through the, your eyes. Look at them through the eyes of God. If the Israelites had just looked at the situation, looked at the giants in the place and looked at God that delivered them from the Red Sea, what would have happened? The comparison would have been a better one. That thing they realized too late. They would have realized it earlier. And they may not have, gone, have, to, they not have had to go through that journey for 40 years. They will have just strolled into the promised land within 11 days. May God help us in the name of Jesus. For those of us that follow our devotionals, I don't know how many of you read the one, I, I think about three or four days ago, that pastor spoke about some secrets and I'm just going to list them out and let you open, I pray you open your hearts to understand. In fact, I was so excited because these things he said were very in line with what I prepared. I said, wow, this is so good for the message because I'm talking about giants, I'm talking about what mixed with faith. So pastor says, the first secret is, he says, giant killers are territory takers. They take action 
He says, giant killers and territory takers take action and see God's faithfulness. Ordinary people want to see God's faithfulness before taking action. Did you hear that? Giant killers and territory takers take action and see God's faithfulness. Ordinary people want to see God's faithfulness before taking actions. Which one are you? Be truthful to yourself. He says, giant killers and territory takers take actions, God meets them, and they experience God's faithfulness. Ordinary people pray and fast for God to show his faithfulness before they take action. Mediocre people say, show yourself, Lord. Giant killers just take the step. Are you guys learning something today? So then it is wrong. He's saying, show yourself, Lord. No, but you can't just sit down and be saying, show yourself, Lord. Show yourself, Lord. You take steps. Finally, one thing he used to end, he says, a lot of us sacrifice. We give. We do things for God. But when God expects us to take action to prove him, we back down. God is saying, do you think you are better than me? <laughs> if you can be there for me, don't you think I will be there for you? Do you think that you will take that step and I will not back it up? See, one of the greatest things that God can say to you is any step you want to take, I'm going to back you up. That was the word he gave myself and my wife when we were moving to Canada. We said, God, which way should we go? What should we do? Where should we live? What should we? We had so many things to pray for. And that was one of the nights we were praying. We worshipped God. We worshipped God. And as we worshipped God, I was praying. And the Spirit of the Lord came down evidently with power. And the word came. And God said, anything you do, I will bless. If you decide to walk, I will bless. If you decide to do a business, I will bless. Anything you choose to do. Then the confession started. <laughs> Which one should I do? I think sometimes it's better for God to just say, do this one. When God gives you a blank check, it can be confusing. So what God is telling you today is, you've sacrificed, you've given, you've fasted, you've prayed. Take this step, I will back you up. He said, do you think you can be good to me and I will not be good to you? Can you outgive God? Can you outperform God? You serve in the house of God day and night. You do things for God. And you think God does not know? He knows. He knows. He knows. And he said, I can, I will outperform you. You can't do for me more than I can do for you. Who are you? Where are your resources? Where do you store them? Are you comparing yourself to God? So what is missing? Faith. I pray in the name of Jesus. That's the people who be the kind of people that know how to walk by faith and not by sight. And we're like that, oh. Do you know? We're like that. Are we still like that? Ah. I think people are being logical now. No, I don't know. Because the kind of faith you used to have that, you know, sometimes too, when you don't have any option, you have to have faith. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Because I remember the time we all drove. I'm still saying this thing to Damagari. I'm remembering people's condition. I remember the first house we entered that was completed, that we all sat in the parlor. How many of you remember? Oh, it was the second house that we all chilling in the parlor. We went to the kitchen and we we're like, wow, this is nice. Let me ask you a question. Are your houses not like that now? But it looked then like, ah, see this kid, this is so nice. Can you ask now? Are your houses like that? Are they like that? They are better. Faith. At that time, nobody had a job. I mean, any correct 
job, but only a few people. But it happened. That's faith. This that's the word mixed with faith. That's believing when we prayed and said, God, please make this work. You know what it takes to bring ten thousand dollars at that time that you can lose. That shows you you have faith. When you are willing to bank on everything you have and say, yes, I don't have a job, I don't have anything, but I trust that in six months, when it's time to close, I will have had everything sorted. Did you have it sorted or not? Irrespective of how it came about, did you have it sorted or not? You did. That's faith. But let me ask you a question. If all of you waited for yourselves to have settled before you bought the houses, will you have bought it or you bought it? Will you have even gotten houses at the places you got them at that price? Never. That's faith! Step into your promise. That is it. God said, take this one. And you believed. If I want to put my hands on the wall, I was looking at everybody's and I said, God, hey, hey, hey. Make it work. That is faith. Guess what your word makes your faith was? So the word you had said, oh, God will do it for you. Guess what your faith was? Bringing the $10,000 to drop it. When you bring that $10,000 and it's possible that you lose it, and you believe that God will do it before that time. That's faith. May God help us in the name of Jesus. I don't know what the steps are that God has told you to take as a person. I don't know what the step is that God has told you to take as a family. I don't know what is that thing you are struggling with. And God is saying, don't worry, I can deliver you. I want to beg you in the name of Jesus. Even your healing is the same thing. The word, you know, you hear the word of God that says, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. And you believe it. And you say, you know what? I don't care what the doctors have said. I am healed. That's faith. A lot of times, Jesus wants to do miracles. You say, do you believe this can happen? My question to you today is, do you believe and trust God that he can keep his promises? I want us to bow our hearts today as we bow our heads to God and just begin to say, Father, I believe in you. You know, we're going to be praying for the grace to mix, you know, that the word of God will be mixed with faith in us. That as we hear the word of God, every time we come to the presence of God, every time we study the Bible, every time God speaks to us, we will add our faith to it. We will believe it. When God says take a step, we will take the step. In the name of Jesus, the word of God will mix with faith in us. Add profit us in the mighty name of Jesus. We know the word alone. Yes, it's awesome, it's powerful. But the moment it's going to take effect in your life is when you mix it with faith. Faith is that ingredient that is like a fire that you use to boil water. Look at the example of someone that wants to get hot water. You put the water on a stove and you don't switch on the stove. What happens? Nothing happens. The water is there, but it's not hot. That is just like the word. So the word has been spoken. It's like the water on the stove. What breaks the fire? It's faith. When you act, use faith with it, it profits you. When you add faith to it, the water begins to boil. And what do you have? Hot water. That is result. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as the word of God comes to you this season, every word that God speaks to you will mix with faith in you and profit you. In the name of Jesus. I receive the faith. Put your hand on your head. I receive the grace. I receive the grace to believe the word of God. I receive the grace to take action. I receive the grace to walk in faith. In the name of Jesus, I receive the grace to do the things that God has called me to do without fear, without any form of anxiety. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we say thank you. Lord, I ask that you lay your hands upon your children, those that are joining us from their homes and those that are currently here. 
that you release your power upon them. That you will give them the grace to believe you. Give them the grace to mix the word you speak to them with faith, Lord. That the mix will be complete in their life. Word plus faith. The word will come and they will mix it with faith. And they will see the result of the word. Thank you, everlasting Father. Honor and adoration we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.